0: Presents the
1: interview with Lorenzo Melcher.
0: This is the epi- an episode of the interviews with Lorenzo. With me today is our old podcast friend, producer Jake, otherwise known as Jake Paluski, is here. And now you don't have to produce this episode.
1: I was just thinking about that. I was like, I feel like I need to be doing something more <laughs> than just sitting here and in, in talking in a microphone. Not today. Out of my element. Nope. Well, still a little bit in your element. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a microphone. <laughs> Way to pigeonhole musicians. Just, just
0: not having to uh, control anything. And really, we were talking before the podcast. Really, it's not. I mean, I don't control a lot of stuff. I just hit record, but it's constantly like looking to make sure it's still recording because we we had conversations about when podcasts go bad and, and oh. how it can. How Nightmare. it just how it just hurts hurts your feelings, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and,
1: and then and then it's like something so silly, and then you end up thinking about it for days when the rest of the world just keeps moving, and you're just like, "But my podcast went bad."
0: Yeah, it, and it, well, it was like the podcast I had with those two football players I talked to you about, where it, the cord just wasn't plugged in all the way, and ah. it's so it's such a simple thing, <laughs> but you think, "Well, this I think I you I go so fast in setting everything up because I'm so used to it now that I just." assumed everything was good to go you know and and now i know to double check things
1: and you and you can always do like a retake but it's never going to be nearly as organic as the first go around so what did you ask me after i said this is like no it's not a script it's not a movie where you just reshoot the scene
0: especially if it's just a conversation and it's like over an hour long yeah you'll never get that feeling back no because it's just then it then you feel silly doing it it's gonna be forced yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep yep <laughs> so how have uh how have things been for you now that um i i noticed that you are doing um gigs you have been doing gigs probably since the middle of summer you had a, a pretty steady one at single de mayo
1: yeah uh the beginning of june so i think it was the end of may i was just going in um my wife amanda and i were going into cinco de mayo our neighborhood spot the one in rossford and i i've been frequently there like twice a week anyway mm-hmm. um because it's one of those things like it's not the hardest food to make and a lot of times people go oh, i can make this so much cheaper at home like no i re- i don't think i can make it cheaper <laughs> at home than what they charge for food so i'll go there you know for like six bucks you know what it is um know? and well i'm i'm mexican and i'm partial to my mother's
0: cooking but what it is when people think they can make that Stuff at home, it's the sauces and yes. the spices, yeah. It's hard to
1: make, and or, a lot and of that use. stuff cooks for hours on end, yeah. You know, it's not just throwing a packet of seasoning mm-hmm. into a so I mean, there's well, like these guys do it so well, and I'm supporting local business. So, we've been going there since they opened, they just celebrated two year anniversary oh, of okay. that location. Um, and it's been one of their best locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so back before COVID,
0: it was always packed when we would go yeah. there to watch you,
1: yeah. It was, and but I mean, even before COVID, I, I never like. I'd go in there, and they'd be like, we need to get you playing music one of these days in here. I'm like, I know, my schedule's too full, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, man, I'm like, that, right? (laughs) I was like, "What? how cool would it be, though, to be able to have, like, once in a while, play this neighborhood spot, and then COVID hit. All my gigs went away. And so we're sitting there at the end of May and talking to the manager, Xavier. And he's like, what do you think about playing music? I think we're going to start doing it on the patio. And I said, i i mean my schedule is pretty open <laughs> i don't have any gigs yeah and uh because i mean we had weddings and all sorts of stuff booked all summer and all that got you know yeah taken away um so we sat down and i was just like hey uh yeah i, I mean i would love to you know give it a try play a gig here like thinking like you know he can feel it out whatever because he's had music there before um it just was never like a regular thing and so i was like yeah let's uh I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, there's no rules in COVID anymore. I mean, aside from government mandates, as far as like making entertainment work, yeah, like yeah. you can try anything. Do whatever they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, what are you doing this Thursday? And I was like, I can't, I, I mean nothing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, all right, how about starting this Thursday? I'll have you every Thursday. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you can't
0: turn that <laughs> I was, down. I was though. thinking like, I was I mean, going to
1: get like a one time, like try yeah. kind of thing. And he's like, I'll take you every Thursday. Cause he had been watching. um like all the videos and stuff that yeah. I put up throughout, you know, the early stages of COVID, where that's all we could do is stream mm-hmm. performances and stuff. And yeah. so he was like, "I love, I love your music." He's like, "And uh, I think it'd be really good here." And so, and little do we know, because he 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 kind of put it in this way that I'm like, "I think more places need to do this." Where he was just like, "We'll just keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore." And for yeah. me, and for me, I'm like, "That's a lot of pressure on me," <laughs> but that's a good thing, I think, yeah. because now all of a sudden you put a musician in a place of like you'll be able to keep working as long as you make it worth their while yeah. and that's a really great concept and so sure enough first Thursday in June and I've been doing it every Thursday since uh aside from like if a holiday falls on a Thursday we do yeah. that that Wednesday okay uh and then as of middle of September we started doing uh every Sunday mm, so nice yeah so and then uh as of like a week ago uh they started having me at the holland location on every saturday going forward unless i can't do it and then they give me the the uh the authority to uh to fill in the spot with a musician that i recommend oh that's
0: cool and that way i can
1: give other people some work that are out of work right now that's what i
0: heard that happened last night
1: yeah yeah it was great um you know i've just been burning the candle both ends with working full-time retail yeah and then i've been gigging well, between Cinco de Mayo now three times a week. Yeah. Uh, and Levi and Lilac's Whiskey Room on Mondays has been weekly for me. And so I'm just like, I mean, work's just kicking my butt. And yeah. um, so I was like, I really need a break. Otherwise, this whole week is just going to be a wash. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be 100% for anything. And that's yeah. not fair. So I was like, hey, John, John Roth, uh, band member of mine, and also has performed multiple times at Cinco. And all-around likable dude so i was just like hey do you want to play a gig tonight and this was like three or four hours notice (laughs) but again what a great time to hire a musician yeah (laughs) it's like three or four hour notice they're just like yeah i don't think anybody's gonna be like "Nah, i'm good i'm I'm really into this (laughs) netflix show right now right he's he's been doing um he was telling me he's been doing uh doordash oh really yeah so because he he used to do uber uh when he wasn't gigging before okay. and so he was like yeah doordash is even better because i don't have to have people in my car yeah it's just their food it just smells <laughs> yeah when and he said that worked out uh he was telling me a story it worked out great where uh this guy had a change of address and forgot to change his address like he lives in a different state now oh no forgot to change the address in his order so john goes and deliver it to the this guy's old address yeah. has not lived in like a year So John said in that scenario, the guy still had to pay for the food. And John got to keep the food. So John's like, I got this free dinner. Oh, wow. Nice. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) But he said the pay isn't super great because a lot of people aren't tipping. Mm -hmm. uh, Because a lot of people, I mean, they see you order like a $10 meal from somewhere and it's a $4 delivery charge. Now you're paying $14 for a $10 dinner. How much are you going to tip? Yeah. A lot of people probably assume that that's part of...
0: That delivery charge isn't it?
1: Because I used to do that. When I used to yeah. deliver pizza, there was a the delivery charge, but that's right. not the tip. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people think it is. Yeah. And then if you start tipping, all of a sudden you're spending almost 20 bucks on a $10 yeah. meal. So he said that just hasn't been working. I was like, hey, he would be a great candidate to get a uh, last-minute gig. Yeah. So yeah. call him up. And so, yeah. So it's, it's been a nice relationship with Sanko. It's been a nice relationship, obviously, with Levi and Lilac's Whiskey Room because they, they were a place... Um, over in maumee there they they didn't open at all for carry out when it was just carry out on oh, okay, the beginning of yeah. covid cuz a lot of places aren't meant for that i mean yes yeah, so there's there's some foods it's just it won't travel yeah, yeah like i mean unless you have mexican food or like a pizza joint like yeah. most of the food just doesn't travel as well yeah and um and then that's your like that's your product going out the door that you are going to have misrepresented yeah. you know oh, yeah. so uh so a lot of places didn't and then when they were talking recently of possibly shutting back down like places to uh go back to carry out only like i'm like you do that and not only a lot of places won't be able to do it but then you're also eliminating all your staff cuz mm-hmm. you only need like two or three people to run a carry out business yeah so it's been weird, but I've been fortunate, and uh, well, clearly I just said how burnout I got because I've been working so much. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's just uh, it's just one of those things. It's been a weird year for a lot of people, and I feel terrible that some people have had to go through a really, really rough time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's weird because I've, cre- I've I've established new friendships and reestablished old friendships in a different way to where, and then at the same time, barely have seen any of my bandmates from like the new fashion yeah. or Nine Lives. It's just been and strange so. well, well that's what i think what gets
0: people through this stuff through these t- these times like this where it's if you like take this podcast for example if if i was a jerk to everyone and and wasn't nice and didn't have friends like no one would want to come on this podcast right and the same thing with you with with music and being in touch with local business owners and stuff and that's how you're able to get gigs and that's how you're able to have people fill in for you and like now more than ever it's like friends helping friends and acquaintances even you know helping helping each other to do things and get stuff started or to fill spots or to help this business or that business you know And, and especially like I said especially now where it's it's tough tough sledding for a lot of people
1: yeah I mean from the beginning of COVID as soon as it hit I mean you know Understandably, a lot of people just went into shock and like froze, mm-hmm. didn't know what to do. And luckily, I think that was right around the time that that uh, was that Tiger show with Carol Baskin oh i it? know what you're talking about uh what's the name of that I, I tiger king yeah tiger yeah king. like <laughs> it was right around the time that came out it was like yeah. when everything froze like and it and it worked out really well because a lot of people were like i don't know what to do with life right now so yeah. i'm gonna watch this we talked about that yeah on a po- podcast episode yeah <laughs> and so i'm like and, I, and i'm like and i'm like that's that was probably like a saving grace for a lot of people who would have thought and great for tiger king because i don't know if that would have done as well had yeah. it come out you know when Sopranos was hot, <laughs> you know, but it's all timing with a lot of that
0: stuff. 100. percent It's I all mean, timing.
1: Entertainment 101. It's entertainment. Yeah. One on it's timing is everything. Yeah. Um, but from from the beginning, I mean, I went into survival mode in the sense that I reached out to all, all of like the bar owners and you know restaurant owners and stuff, and I said that that I'm friends with and yeah. texted them, and I said, hey, like, stinks for me, then I'm losing a gig, but it stinks a lot more for you because your gig is your business. Yeah. Whereas you know I can. You know, trot around everywhere. I don't have thousands of dollars of that into mm-hmm. an investment into a business like that. So I said, whether you need photo or video or marketing, any kind of thing, I'm like, I mean, let's like barter. Like, yeah. you know, give me a meal and I'll make a bunch of marketing materials for you. And so um in a lot of places, you know, they're just like, yeah, we're just figuring it out. But you know, thanks for the offer. And I end up doing some, yeah, some of that stuff over the past six, seven months. But like you were talking about, it was it was really just like. You know, going back to basic survival, like, all right, what makes what makes all of us thrive mm-hmm. is what makes individuals thrive, and that's a good community. And yeah. so, if you can reach out and try to take care, realize that, like, okay, might suck for me, but it sucks a lot worse for a lot of other people. Yeah. <laughs> so you just try to figure out how we make it better for everybody, because mm-hmm. then we're all gonna, you know, thrive. Oh, we'll benefit of, everyone, benefit, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's kind of that's, and sure enough, that's kind of I think why my schedule's so busy now is just that you know we established or further grew relationships in this time that um, it became a fun challenge, really. I mean, <laughs> not a challenge anybody ever wanted to have yeah. to face, but, <laughs> but certainly, like, if you, I mean, a challenge is always what makes, it's usually what, you know, breeds innovation. Yeah. And so that's what's been really, really fun in the sense that we've been challenged every single day. I mean, every as, as you know, Xavier from Cinco told me, he said, we'll do this as long as we can. And we even had to, like, revamp things recently because I said, I know businesses start to get slowing because flu season hits. Yeah. COVID's going to be way worse. And it might not be fruitful for them to have music anymore. And so he said, we're going to have slow days, but we'll have good days too. And I was like, I love your optimism. Yeah. So let's just like, think outside <laughs> of the box. I'm like, because a lot of places would have told me to go take a hike. A lot of places, I mean, completely stopped having music once patios closed. Oh, yeah. Which makes sense. Because yeah. a lot of people aren't comfortable being inside. But I will say the places I do play have like, been very transparent and have been amazing about just cleaning, wearing masks at all times. Yeah. They've been really, really good about it. So, uh, And I guess it helps, too, that a lot of them are spacious enough because, like, Swig, for instance, in Perrysburg, they can't have music because it's a small spot yeah. to begin oh, yeah. with. So you don't want to, like, promote people breaking rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you oh, were, yeah. yeah. And, and naturally, that what can happen in a party atmosphere. And so at least, like, Cinco de Mayo or, like, Levi Lilacs, they have space to where people can... Sit in a different room than the music, but they don't want music in their ear. If Mm -hmm. if they, you know, just it's all spread out, and I think that really helps. But clearly, I think we're gonna have the best patio season in the history of patio seasons this spring (laughs) because now the vaccines are coming out, and people are like, there's plenty of people before that are like, I'm gonna go live my life, whatever. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, I really want to, but I'm not really into that right now. Oh, yeah. Well, now you're gonna have a bunch of people that are just ready to breathe, like come, you know, April and May, and I'm just like. Cinco de Mayo built an extension on their patio this past year. I think they might need to build another extension. <laughs> because... Yeah, because no, they don't have any parking lot left over. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting, but I'm, uh, at least things seem to be turning in the right way. I'm seeing a lot, a lot more uh, good, good faith from all sides of the spectrum now. Mm-hmm. So, it's okay. good to see. Yeah. Well, let's go back to um,
0: I, liked, I would like to know, and I mean, I know a little bit, but I'd like to know how you got started. Um, we went to high school together, mm-hmm. and wh- I remember your first band. Um,
1: was that? Was, it's a, it was a group. Uh, sorry, <laughs> a boy, was it? Can we say it was a boy band? You can, but that 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 term itself always confused me because a band implies everyone's playing an instrument, and we were just dancing and singing. That's true. <laughs> uh, what was the name of that? Hunter's Run? That no, Hunter? that was that was Evolution. Evolution.
0: Hunter's Run was the actual an actual band.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: With I mean, instruments and stuff. And mind you, you, I mean
1: say? Evolution. We would a lot of our tracks cause we had original music that we would record. Yeah. And, and all of us were playing that music on the recording. Uh huh. We just didn't do it live. Okay. Which is really weird now <laughs> to think about that the people still do that to yeah. this day. Like I mean it's weird saying like a pop star go out and there's not a band playing the music. I'm like, this is like really professional karaoke.
0: <laughs> and I guess that's what it is, right? Yeah, that's, right. You know, how, how did that, your, your first evolution, how did that come about? Uh, your first evolution. That was weird.
1: <laughs> your first, uh, band come about. Uh, so it was, uh, it was right around the time I was starting to get interested in actually doing something with music. I always dabbled, um, in music, in the sense that, like, my sister had a keyboard that she never really played. So I'd, you know, just like everybody does, you'd have two or three fingers and you just dabble and you play mm-hmm. little jingle bells. And Mary had a little lamb. Like everybody, a little, yeah. everybody approaches a piano and they're like, look at this. <laughs> oh, when the saints go marching <laughs> yeah, in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do that. But I, uh, oddly enough, as a big pro wrestling fan, as we've talked before on mm-hmm. here, uh, I would learn pro wrestling theme entrances. Or entrance names. Oh, really? And I would learn college football fight songs. Oh, nice. Those were, like, the two, like, things that I loved was college football and pro wrestling. (laughs) And that was, like, in grade school. And so that was, like, my my first, like, leaning into uh, doing any kind of music performance. Never actually thought of it. uh, But I, um, being a wrestling fan, uh, one of my buddies, Eric Steyer, who ended up being a band member in Mm -hmm. Evolution, he... uh, we had wrestling in common, but he, I would always sing along to the radio, and he's like, you have such a good bass tone, because, I mean, my voice dropped when I think I was 10, yeah. and so I, I was able to hit notes that uh, a lot of the guys couldn't in high school, and so he's like, you should sign it for choir, and I was like, yeah, it's not really my thing. I don't really see myself singing in a group of people ever. Mm-mm. How funny that is, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so Eric and I were going to um, Cedar Point together, and he his, his mom was really good friends with the music director, Pam Williams at the mm-hmm. time, who was amazing uh, at Perrysburg High School. And she she heard me and Eric sing in the background. She's like, I'm going to need you to sign up for choir. It's really easy. And, I mean, it's you have to just not show up to fail. Yeah, And I was like, that sounds like a great class. <laughs> like, I can't fail as long as I show up. And so, sure enough, within, I think – the first year of choir, because it wasn't until my sophomore year I'd started doing choir. And that was neat because uh, I was like one of three guys that could hit all these low notes. And so sure enough, like they started giving me solos in songs that just happened to have a line, mm-hmm. or um, they, they started sitting me behind our buddy Andy Chelfin. They would sit me behind him. She had a hard time finding the note that we would sing in choir. Oh, so she had me sit behind all the basses so I could sing the note in their ear to like <laughs> keep them on <laughs> for whatever reason. You know, not having any music background, I had uh, a natural ear for it. Okay, and so, um, but I mean, I would say within six to eight months, uh, Pam Williams took me and Eric Steyer, and then Eric Steyer was good friends with Michael Craig, who mm-hmm. had been. He had been the lead in High School Musicals from the time he was in fourth grade. However, that worked, <laughs> like which was great. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude is just incredible. And and then my buddy Seth Hill, who lived down the street from me, he was a childhood friend, and and uh, she put the four of us and said, "I want you guys to do like a barbershop uh, barbershop style kind of quartet for." Um, we we would do like state contests every year with choir, and you could do little ensembles. Mm-hmm. And so we had a four piece ensemble. So we. Did some barbershop and then we started dabbling with like fifties, sixties, do up, anything with harmonies. And then gigs started like being offered to us. Oh wow. And in high school. In high school. This That's I mean crazy. this I was sixteen. Yeah. We were sixteen and seventeen was the ages. And um and I remember we got paid to go to Roy's Supper Club. Remember that in Perrysburg? I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah. It's over by um uh, behind like the ups store like over by taco bell and all that. oh okay okay yep. um and it hasn't been that for years but that was a really neat restaurant kind of fancy and we got paid i think like 20 bucks a person so there's four of us so like 80 bucks to walk in and acapella sing one song to this guy's wife for valentine's oh, day oh wow and i was just like <laughs> i just made 20 in two and a half minutes <laughs> and so I was like, "This, this and is And then something. you immediately
0: went to Taco Bell.
1: Well, probably, <laughs> but twenty dollars at Taco Bell is like a week of food, <laughs> especially in two thousand and one. <laughs> so, and then it what really changed and got us into being a boy band is you know is uh, at the time I mean, in and Backstreet Boys were just yeah, and, I mean they were huge, yep. and all the girls that we had crushes on in high school loved those groups. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a Sweet 16 birthday party that was going to happen. Lisa Wilber's. Oh, really? Okay. And her birthday party was going to be happening, and her parents wanted to hire us. And they're like, can you guys do like NSYNC and Backseat Boys? And we're like, well, if it pays anything like Roy's <laughs> Supper Club did, then we can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, we ended up learning dances and learning songs and like sat in practice. And so probably it didn't pay as well as Roy's considering all the time we had to put into it but sure enough it launched us into like being this really well-paid high school. That's group. cool. Yeah. So the, and we ran it through the school music program too, so there would be times that we would leave I mean I think they're all retired now so no one's going to get in trouble for me t- talking about this but we would run it through as where we could we could skip like 4 or 5 classes in a day uh-huh. to go perform at a school in like Tiffin. Oh okay. And we would still get paid for it, but it was also an assembly, like through school. So that's why we get excuse. So like we get excuse to go perform and get paid. I'm like, this was a great setup. That's awesome. So I was just like, I think I worked at Wendy's that summer, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna keep playing music forever. (laughs) (laughs) What was one of your gigs? uh, I I I think I remember. Were you guys at
0: one of our after proms? Did you play one of our after proms?
1: Uh, no, we um. One of the after proms, now, now that yeah, I totally forgot about that, uh, they were playing music and there was karaoke. And so okay. we went up and just as a fun kind of like, you know, being ringers yeah. <laughs> in a karaoke setting, like, let's go up and sing a like four-part harmony. And I'm like, all the girls are going to be like, this is amazing. All the dudes are going to be like, wow, these guys are losers. <laughs> Especially with your pineapple hair. Absolutely. <laughs> pineapple hair was, I mean, that was like the new Rod Stewart, too. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean it's I we got a lot of flack obviously being a sync Backstreet Boy kind of like cover group in mm-hmm. high school but I'm like a lot of the songs were written really well. Yeah. Um and it taught taught me a lot. I mean cuz I joked with some of our buddies that we have in common later in life who were all in like punk bands at the time. Yeah. And I was like punk bands taught you guys how to yell into a microphone and you guys learned three chords on a guitar. I was like I learned song structure and choreography and show production and all sorts of stuff that like <laughs> we learned a lot and we weren't just making noise in yeah. a uh, what they used to do it at like the fire hall i think
0: there was, and uh
1: luke's barn luke's barn yeah. yeah yeah and i mean and mind you i love a lot of that stuff anyway but that's i would always break their balls it's like you guys would always point and call me names in high school because i was in a boy band i'm like <laughs> I learned a lot of stuff being in that boy band. I'm like, and I think they were mad because all their girlfriends were coming to our shows <laughs> <laughs> and not theirs. Could so, be, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, although, although I never, I remember going to Luke's bar, and I don't remember ever going to see you. <laughs> I don't think you are target demographic, to be honest, Lorenzo. <laughs> well, well, that's cool, especially at, at such a young age, and to basically get mentorship from Pam Williams, you know, yeah. to, to help with this, because um, you know. Being young, everyone needs something like that. You know, 100%. everyone needs someone, someone in a corner to help you, uh, and that launched you. Sounds like into other bands like Hunters Run was yeah. your next one, and, and the bands you have now. Um, when you when you got into Hunters Run, those guys now are still some of your friends and bandmates and stuff. You used up, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that was when I got into. It was Mike Haskins, who's who's still with who's you. Who's in the New Fashion? Who's in Nine Lives? Yeah. Um, and Justin marchand was in it. Who he and I still meet up every now and then to play. He's got five daughters now, so his that's crazy. To his me. schedule's a little full, <laughs> yeah. And he's you know, full time in the military, yeah. so like <laughs> he does what he can do. Um, but still, I mean, still he's a, a beast on the guitar. Yeah. And, um, Thomas Blazus was in Hunter's Run. Uh, okay. He, I mean, he did exactly what we thought he would do. He went away, got. I uh, Went to a good college, got a great degree, got a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. his dad was an attorney, so, I mean, like, we knew, like, he was the scholar of the group, <laughs> so we knew that's the road he would take, and we were fine with it. Uh, how, how are you as a student? As a student? Yeah. Uh, were,
0: were you one that just, like, I'm just getting through, or did you, like... Because for me, um, I, I know now as, an, as a full-grown adult man that I, sh- I should and could have done a lot better than yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know how you
1: were in high school. Um, I was really, really, really good at the classes that you would think that I wouldn't be. at. I was amazing at math. Okay. Uh, to where I, I mean, the problem is is like once you, it's a nasty habit of if once you get really good at something, sometimes you get lazy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I, I don't do that anymore with, with music because there's just so many people that are constantly on the up and up that you have to like be at the top of your game. Yeah. Um, but Math, I would do great. I, I took for some stupid reason. I took like between <laughs> from like grade school to college. I think I took eight years or seven years of French. Oh really? You know, in case I ever go to that one little spot in Canada, because <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm ever gonna go to France. Maybe someday, but still, I'm like, and retain. Why, why, I'm and like, retain. why? Why didn't they tell me to take Spanish? That would have <laughs> made so much more sense. How much of that did you retain? <laughs> A lot more than I ever would have thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's one of those
0: things. Like if you're not. Actively using it Yeah You know
1: It wasn't until I had Enough pops uh, In Columbus After a concert And our uh, cab driver He was uh, from South Africa Um, But I could tell From his accent Because he didn't know Very much English Mm -hmm. And this was before You could like Plug it in your phone To let him know Where we're going Yeah And we're in a city That I don't really know My way around So I could tell The dialect in his voice That he had a French Dialect um, And a lot of South Africa Has French speaking Mm -hmm. Parts Sure enough, I started talking French to him and that's what got us back to our hotel is that we were speaking. He was so happy that this random, you know, Polak got into his car and knew how to speak French in yeah. Columbus. Like, yeah. So Amanda just like looked at me the whole time. She's like, what is happening right now? But uh, anyway, to get back to your initial question. Yeah. Sorry, when I went on no, candid, but, um But same with you though. Like I look back, and I'm like, I would have done really, really well if I really would have like, truly applied myself mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that i do really well in is because it naturally came to me and it was or is interesting like yeah. chemistry i always loved because it was it was science but it always you know it was balancing equations which was math yeah and i was great at math and the thing that i thought was the weirdest uh and that senior year um because i think it was a year or two before we became seniors that they got rid of allowing students to do a half a day if they only needed half oh yeah if they only needed I so many credits that. you could go home early mm-hmm. they got rid of that so, I think my senior year, I had three choirs and two study halls <laughs> and, like, a media class. And so, I think I had, like, one or two real classes. Uh, I mean, real, like, as far as, like, academic. needed to graduate. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, this is baloney. <laughs> and, it, and it set me up for having a disaster of a college, you know, start then. Because college, I get to, I mean, I went to Owens for a couple of years before going to BG and, like, and I'm like this is high school over again. I thought we took all these courses in high school to not have to do this, and I'm like, why am I taking math and science and English again in college? And uh, but senior year made me really lazy because you didn't have to do it was anything constantly. It was I mean it was art based, so I didn't be yeah. lazy. It just it didn't get me like cracking the books as much, mm-hmm. and so I never had to study for anything. And so yeah, did did you go to Owens just for your just for like general general yeah. stuff? Yeah, just to get the. I mean, because I looked. I was going in the VCT program at BG, and that's visual communication technology. So that's mm-hmm. photo, video, graphic design, all okay. that. Um, and they had all these prerequisites, which was essentially, it was high school 2.0. And I was like, well, rather than pay like three or four times the price at the time to take these at BG, I'll just yeah. go to Owens and save money. Now Owens is as expensive as can be. and I probably wouldn't make that big a difference at this point (laughs) i think it's still i think it's still cheaper but it's 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 gone well it's gone up with the price of education everywhere yeah yeah i just look at it now i'm like man that's i I constantly say to amanda i'm like i think i want to go back to school for this or that and then i look how much it's gonna cost me like there's really no guarantee that i get any money out of that though Mm -hmm. so that's tough and that's got to be discouraging for a lot of people did you ever did you finish college um, not to put you on the spot no I mean if you mean finished by like I stopped going like I'm finished <laughs> then yes <laughs> you you finished yourself yeah I, I, I mean I, I realized I was like in an art degree I mean because yeah like it helps to like learn a lot of stuff but I've been I've been doing graphic art and Photoshop I learned from Jeff Schumann like mm-hmm. when I was 12 or 13 and so I found it really discouraging going to some of these classes and the teacher would be like because I would go above and beyond because I wanted to challenge myself and and this, well, it wasn't even the teacher. It was the TA. She would be like, but we're doing it this way. And she would try to scale back. I'm like, but I did that. And I also want to do this to, like, actually like oh, make something okay. out of it. Yeah. And she would always try to get me, like, I don't know, uh, if you run, like, if you're in track or something and you can run a, you know, a heck of a 200-meter dash, like, try it at half speed. Oh, okay. Like, that's about kind of what she's doing. I like, I don't I don't understand the point of this. I'm paying you, yeah. <laughs> so and of course, you know, I always had a little rebellion in me. Anyway, yeah. um, but it was just one of those things that I'm like, this is this is I don't know if this is for me anymore. So mm. uh, I left BG after a year because uh, my band Highland at the time was um, picked up by MTV Two to go on a tour. Oh, um, with Cartel. I did, Yep. Okay. And um, so it was Cartel and they they'd come through on their spring break tour uh at howards and we played that show and the uh, tour manager said we'd love to get you guys on the next leg of the tour like that sounds great yeah that's exactly what we want and it was going to be like a 20 state tour uh over five months solid pay and it was us and cartel and a band out of seattle Mm -hmm. um so we all said cool, not going back next semester, maybe we can go back to following this because we're going to tour. Yeah. And then I think about six weeks before uh, the tour was supposed to start, of course, we were dumb. We didn't have an agent. We were just young and hungry and wanted to do it. And so sure enough, uh, there was no contract in place. And Cartel signed on to do, it was a show on MTV2 called Band in a Bubble, mm-hmm. where they were going to record an album being stuck in a bubble with each other for like three months. Oh, okay. So they broke the contract of the tour, Uh, but they had an agent that did it for them. We didn't have an agent, so we we didn't have anything in writing. So we all didn't enroll in school that year, but then we're without a tour. (laughs) Oh, bummer. (laughs) And so we were just like, "Uh, back to the drawing board, I guess. And (laughs) and then I was like, do I go back to college? And so I think I went to Owens for one more semester just to kind of take the classes I wanted. And I was just like, I'm making more money because I was doing freelance jobs with graphics and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm making more money doing it as a freelancer than I ever will with working for a firm because I got the degree in it. Because yeah. the firm, you're pay, paying that overhead price to the firm and everything. So I just started working, and that was it. Nice. <laughs> and then go back. Yeah. <laughs> who was <laughs> who in that Highland band? Uh, Highland was, well, Mike Haskins, uh, as we mentioned earlier, from Hunter's Run. It was, it was kind of like whoever was left over from Hunter's Run. Mm-hmm. And then we got... Um, mike toth who nine lives okay so that was the start of that and nine lives pretty much happened because of highland and mike toth was playing in a cover band called Fezziwig with tim bauer and chad singleton okay and when they had a couple members leaving and highland was kind of fizzling out mike and i were like yeah let's let's go play covers in bar and at least get paid because i mean we would play at highland at headliners and sometimes owe money we didn't sell the tickets, yeah, and we're just like, how oh, is this a thing? Oh, what a bummer! Yeah, oh, it was terrible. I mean, we would open up for these great groups too, so we got like this great exposure. Mm-hmm. But we'd owe you know sixty bucks at the end of the night because <laughs> the promoters like, well, you owe anything you didn't sell, and I'm like, but we didn't keep the tickets. Like, you can have the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we drove to Cleveland one time uh, at the Odeon in Cleveland. I don't think it's even there anymore. It was in the flats, and the promoter of the bar, like booked all these out-of-town bands who had great local presence but not in Cleveland mm-hmm. so he had a whole lineup and he was ready to he threatened all the bands it was Highland and like three other bands he threatened us all with a lawsuit because we didn't promote the show well. off this is the promoter the show promoter <laughs> telling, telling the band I was like wait what I'm like that'd be like me getting mad at the promoter because he's missed like the note in a song that we played <laughs> like that's weird so that whole like thing like, that's kind of what pushed us into doing the cover band which was you know nine lives and then mm-hmm. the new fashion grew out of that and then day drinkers grew out of all of that and so i mean yeah here we are because it's i was like i feel like we could record music make original music sell it to fans that we get from playing in bars that mm-hmm. are covers yeah. where we actually can still get paid and hone our craft and you, it was that kind of like wisdom that I wish I could go back and tell my 18 year old self. Be like, don't waste as much time as you did. Like this is the way to do yeah. it. <laughs> I think everyone, yeah. yeah, everyone could say that. Like,
0: like here, here where I am now, 20 years later. Here's what you need to do to get there faster right. or to be more efficient. Yeah,
1: but then you take you know, if if life's a big book, you take some of the important chapters away.
0: Well, and and so, even all the bad stuff you learn exactly right. Like just like that that contract, uh, the non contract with cartel. Like, yeah. you you learn all that stuff.
1: And it really makes you understand why some of these, like, young celebrity kids, like, mm-hmm. why they have such a hard time, like, adapting to the real world once they're like, light, kind of, like, once their flame burns out. Yeah. Because. There's a lot of hangers on. Yeah. And, and then once
0: that goes out, then they disappear. And
1: they don't know, I mean, because they didn't know anything else, right? Yeah. so, I mean, and you've always been at the mercy of somebody else. And so I said, because that was scary, and I was, you know, 21, 22 when that happened with the contract and the tour. But, I'm like, can you imagine being, like, 10 and having to deal with all that and yeah. then all of a sudden well your time's up here's the real world also we took you out of school when you're like 10 so <laughs> and we took your money yeah so. <laughs> right and now your parents are suing you or something like i'm just like no wonder some of these kids get goofed up you know i feel terrible for them yeah <laughs> do,
0: do you enjoy playing covers i know i know you like it because it's it's music but do you enjoy doing it
1: um i enjoy playing covers that i really that i myself enjoy. And okay. And that, you know, it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, uh, I mean, you got just like anything, there's good days at work, there's bad days at work, and sometimes you're just tired and you're spent and you can play your favorite song in the world and it's going to still sound like, you know, yeah. thumbtacks in your ear. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, COVID definitely kind of like allowed me to reassess the approach to music in general. Um, but like there's so many songs that have been written and there's so many popular songs over the years that are timeless and then there's stuff now. I mean, it's like I constantly try to learn different covers, uh, not only to change it up for me, but to change it up for the people that come to see me all the time. Yeah. Like they don't want to see the same show over and over and over again. Um, but at the same time, then there's always like those ones that you always go back to. Cause it makes so many people in the crowd so happy. Like, you know, it's going to be a crowd. Yeah. Pleasure. And then like, and if, and if they're genuinely happy, like it almost like, even if it's a song that I'm tired of playing, mm-hmm. I don't get tired of playing it just because you see the reaction and people enjoy it so much. And so I do give a lot of credit to a lot of the bands out there that truly leave all of like personal preference aside and just play exactly like the radio hits of, you know, even if they don't like that, Mm -hmm. like that's a different kind of beast, I think. Um, And that's what nine lives always was, but that got really tiresome because I'm just like, I mean, at this rate, I can go work in a factory if I'm just gonna mind-numbingly go through a process. And you know, well, well, then
0: that's how those other projects came to be, like exactly the new fashion and Jake and the Venom, like all that stuff is because, like, yeah, I have this and this. I don't want to leave this because it's still fun to be with my friends, and it it's it pays really well. Yeah, but then I do this other stuff for myself.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean. And we we always along a, with other people, so. <laughs> and I guess it's the way you approach it too. Like, cause you don't want to be jerk to people, cause it's like you know, thank you for being here, honestly. Yes, like, yeah. and so a lot of times, people. It, it's always funny to me. Someone will come up and be like, "Do you know this James Taylor tune? Um, it's like a B side. Uh, it goes never got do, a, do, 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 do. yeah." And I'll be like, "No, I don't know that one." And the look on their face, as if like, "Why are you even playing music then? <laughs> like, how do you not know that?" That's always weird to me. And I'm like, so I always like. Approach that kind of in the joking way, but also like here's the facts. Like, mm-hmm. so I'll say, hey, you know, between me and this guy that I'm playing with tonight, we know about three thousand songs. But just to put in perspective, there's about f- f- ten thousand songs released on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So when you do the math, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to please everybody. So it's always good to try to find some kind of balance of can I play at least this that'll get this people, and then you have the different walks of life walking into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So. Or a bar and so you're not gonna please everybody, but it's 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 really weird uh when you know, I'm sitting playing piano and somebody's like, um, do you know any Slayer? And I'm like, dude, I'm wearing a suit, a fedora, uh, a vest, and I'm sitting in a wine bar with a piano, and you want me to play Slayer. I'm like, trust me, even if I did know it, you would not like how it sounded. (laughs) And that brings me to my next question I was to ask. One of my favorite things that you do
0: and uh, other musicians um, do is uh, when you take... Uh, personally for me like like punk emo songs yeah. that are played with guitar and you and you slow them down or play yeah. them on the piano that's my favorite thing i recently found uh and this was from ryan dunlap found um rustin kelly who's a i don't know if you've ever heard him yeah a musician i found him on spotify but he has this album called dirt emo and it's um it's pretty cool. Like he does a Taking Back Sunday song with Chris Caraba, or and I'm sorry, a Dashboard Confessional song with Chris Caraba. Oh, that's cool. And a Saves the Day song. And it's just slowed down and it's country ish. Yeah. And I think that's why it's called Dirt Emo. But um, <laughs> that's great. It's really cool. And, and, I, and I like, you know, he even did a My Chemical Romance song. He nice. did like the beginning of Helena, which was really cool. Um, but I like that stuff because it's, it's a song I know, but it sounds different.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. the, uh, I mean, that's when the new fashion, one of my bands, first started. That's all we did. We, uh, It was right around the time Great Gatsby Remake came out, and Boardwalk Empire was a big show on HBO. Mm-hmm. And so it was all like Prohibition era kind of stuff. And there was a group that came out of New York City, I think, called Postmodern Jukebox. And they would do 1920s, 30s, and 40s takes on modern pop songs. Yeah. So, we would do a lot of that kind of thing just because you'd get people in their 20s that listen, you I know, mean, that really into like hip hop and EDM and stuff. But we'd play like a Miley Cyrus song, but in the form of like if it came out in 1942. Yeah. And people would just be like, this is really, really neat. And it's like, and, you, and at the same time, you're bridging a gap of generations because people that love swing music are getting to hear a swing, but a song they've never heard. And then. A Miley Cyrus fan is getting to hear, yeah, <laughs> you know, and in a different light, and so it's neat when when artists can do that and they can do it well. Uh, well and you can tell people like that because
0: whenever we would go see you, we'd have to call like either the day before or early in the day that you play to get reservations, right? Because it, wherever we went to see that, it was crowded.
1: Yeah, which yeah. that's always always works with like doing pianos. You know, it's like yeah, that was another thing people I was love bring doing up. pianos yeah. for that for that reason because you're getting to hear <laughs> just like this. Most of it's very impromptu.
0: Mm-hmm. It, one of the first. <laughs> It may have been your first one that you played um, downtown. I forget that place what it's called Fleetwoods. Yes. Yeah. It was the most packed
1: I've ever seen a place. <laughs> yeah. It was not insane. not 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 COVID friendly by all means. But no, this was way before that. <laughs> yeah. It
0: was insane, and I appreciate you like giving me a chance to do comedy there too. Yeah. But that was not the environment. just no. and, we, and we didn't know, <laughs> right? You know, we didn't know. And kudos to the few. There was two girls right in front. That I basically was doing the show for them yeah. <laughs> because they were hanging on everywhere and they enjoyed it. It seemed to be, you know, but um, that was the, the, the it was it was insane there. And it yeah. was so fun because much like comedy, obviously with music, you want people there. You want people to have a good time. You right. want them sometimes even involved. And, and with Dueling Pianos, that's what it is. They it's are involved.
1: interactive, yeah. Yeah,
0: and people like that. People like to be part of the show. Right. Um, always, even when it's, not counted not accounted for right that yeah. um just like this podcast i always tell people like some people say I'm, I'm not interesting i go everybody says that and also um everybody likes to talk about themselves they're just not going to say hey i like to talk about myself <laughs> you <laughs> right. know but everyone <laughs> enjoys it once you start doing it you yeah. know but that fleetwood show was incredible yeah was i mean so and fun. we did it i think
1: three years in a row then yeah. um but they i mean the first time, it was just chaotic. Oh and then I'm, cr- like, I'm like, we broke fire code by, <laughs> yes, by like definitely. 85 people. It was shoulder to shoulder in oh, there, it, man. It yeah. was, I'm just glad we had a table. <laughs> right. It was crazy. Well, <laughs> that's why they went end up going with comp- like Ticketed and the yeah. years to come after that. And even Ticketed, though, it was still busy. But it was just one of those things that it was unfair that first year for a lot of people that had a table. Because mm-hmm. as they're sitting in their table you got people standing shoulder to shoulder in front of the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he you know, so it's like, and we didn't have a stage at the time. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like anything. You figure out what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we were fortunate to do that. But that's, I mean, that's another place. All of Hensville never even opened during uh, COVID. Oh, really? Uh, they had, I mean, I played, um, they were doing, Oh, we went to one where you're outside. Yeah, they were doing those outdoor ones. Uh, So it was Hensville Park, um, but they never actually opened Fleetwoods. They never opened up uh, Holy Toledo Tavern. um, I mean, they they didn't have the inside of Fleetwoods open, like the bar itself or Mm -hmm. the food. They just were doing the bar carts out in Hensville Park because you could. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I think the one night I was there they said the numbers are great and i'm like really it looked like five people they were like no we had about 160 and i was like but you put 160 people spread out on on like what <laughs> this is almost like a football field yeah. like doesn't look like a lot of people <laughs> that, that
0: was cool too because you could bring in your own food yeah. too so that was nice we, yeah. I, I think we ordered takeout from dirty bird down there but but that was a, that's a cool setup and and i said this several times and i'm i'm always going to be repeating myself but covid um is showing you how to do things differently yeah. so now now maybe they fleetwoods um, has I I think they did those shows before, right? Somewhat kind of outdoor shows. There? Yeah,
1: they would do, but
0: they had the actual stage of yeah. Hensville. Okay. going, Yeah. Yeah. So so now like they know like obviously this works and and maybe there's other partnerships they can do with with food and that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, hopefully people are are learning new ways to to deal with things. But that
1: was a, that was a cool a cool thing, especially bringing in your own food and stuff because that
0: yeah that makes people want to go more. You
1: know what I right. mean? So. I definitely, I've definitely noticed, especially talking with different bar owners, because I mean, uh, even Cock and Bull did the outdoor street concerts um, with like two or three piece groups mm-hmm. this summer, and I can see because I mean, this is going to be even, even if and when things get back up to full capacity, which will be a long time, yeah. Even then, there's so much loss that happened in the past year with bar, uh, bars and restaurants that. Mm-hmm. I don't see them having a lot of places i don't see them having full bands for a long time i Mm. i wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at over a year before full bands become a regular thing again i mean even and understandably so when you get when you look at um look at a lot of music that's popular like on the radio with a lot of like people in their 20s right it's uh it's either solo artists or it's djs that feature a solo artist yeah you don't have a lot of like that full band experience and so i'm like that that'll trickle down because a lot of places are going to be like if i can hire you know live music from one or two people for a fraction of the cost of a full band why wouldn't i do that yeah you know and a lot of places have changed the structure because now with like the 10 p.m cutoff thing now it's you're hoping to get a couple extra drinks out of your dinner crowd yeah instead of having a late crowd so it'll be I mean, it's a great time to think outside the box, like we said, and make it work. And I think uh, the artists, like the you know, the performers, musicians, or even comedians, I mean, have to think outside the box with it mm-hmm. to, in order to like thrive and, and make it work going forward. Because it's not going to, like the whole back to the way it was, I don't think is going to be a thing for a well, it's really not a, long time. It's not a flip, a switch that could be flipped. No, no. And, and like you said, there's, this year has taught everybody a lot of different ways to do business and to make things work um to where i think a lot of the knowledge that was acquired during this time a lot of places would be like why would we go back to that mm-hmm. it costs us x amount and now we don't have to do that and we still get patrons and you know everything has i mean everything in general has not to say it but evolutionary process <laughs> <laughs> and so it'll be if i had names for episodes <laughs> this would be called evolution oh and i have to say <laughs> real quick because you know, we, not only did we get a flack from a bunch of our fellow dude classmates for being in a boy band in high school, but the fact that we were called Evolution, we got a lot of flack from religious folks. Oh, really? Because they assumed that we were named after the theory of evolution instead of creationism. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, that was cancel culture back in 2000. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no. I mean, Evolution's a word that you could just use for something <laughs> evolving. It is the fact a word, yes. So yeah, there was that. Uh, that's crazy. We, because uh, we we performed, I think, at Zora Lutheran Church, and some of the patrons were just mm. really kind of taken back by a group called Evolution performing at a church. I was like, well, somebody didn't evolve yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, fun little tidbit there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you recently were um, featured on the news. Yeah. Uh, Wtol. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um A because uh, it's always cool to see somebody on TV that I know. Um I know the kids enjoyed that when they were watching football games this this past season. Oh yeah. And um but especially, how, especially Lil with all of her crushes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how was how was that experience cuz it it was a little different cuz you've done it before where you're in studio. Mm-hmm. Um how was it um being remote at your
1: house? Oh, it was the exact opposite in every way, shape, and form, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Being at the studio is terrifying <laughs> because it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world, like being at the studio. You have so many, like, you think you've seen a bright light, but it's almost <laughs> like like you, you see the stadium lights at a football game. Just imagine mm-hmm. staring at those, but, like, they're 10 feet away from your face constantly. Oh. And um, so it's hot, and it's so bright. And then you're also, they tell you to follow. Like the red light uh, on all the different cameras. You got four different cameras on you in the studio. And so the red light is the active camera. Okay. So if you are addressing the camera, you want to follow the red light. It gives you a lot of appreciation for people that do it for a living. Yeah. Uh, but and it's awkward and the sound is weird and you you've got wires running up your butt and uh <laughs> in the studio. And it's just like so being able to Skype from home, I'm like, it's not gonna sound as good. Yeah. But the comfort level was way beyond and and there was like that disconnect, and that's the one I think uh, you know a lot of people are struggling with zoom meetings and and, and Skype during 2020 because there's such a disconnect. yeah, this was one of the times that it was a good thing because I'm just like, there's just this person on a screen, and I'm sitting in my house and my cat's you know rubbing up on my leg, and like this is wonderful, I' didn't, I mean. For all intents and purposes, I could have not put pants on and they wouldn't have noticed the difference. (laughs) Could just Donald ducked it the whole time, right? Yeah, (laughs) and uh, yeah, but knowing me, I would have stood up at one point and (laughs) forgot. (laughs) Uh, So that in that that regard, it was really nice. Um, They were they were super. I mean, obviously they're well organized, but uh, the back and forth communication was really nice. They would cue me about two minutes before I was going to go live.
0: I'd say it was live, right? Yeah, and they would
1: call me on Skype. And said, you know, I talked to the anchor and she's like, we got about two minutes, but you'll see the graphic. You'll be able to watch the show right here. So, so that was neat. Um, and I think, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that all came about because uh, when I recorded Ave Maria, mm-hmm. uh, and did the video and put that out there a few weeks back, Chris Viggers, the meteorologist, yeah, his wife used to run. Um, a beer yoga class at Black Cloister. Oh, okay. And so when yeah, Amanda that. worked there, and, and I would, you know, we did a couple of the um, beer yoga classes there, but then there was even one of them that I, again, offered just because she was bringing business to places place that Amanda's working. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and it was, I mean, I wanted Black Cloister to succeed. So Black Cloister would hook me up and stuff. And so I was like, do you mind if I shoot a bunch of like multi cam footage of beer yoga? so he can promote it and promote the different events going at black cloister. Yeah. And then she could use that to promote her brand. Cause she would go to all different places. Jen would go to different places and uh, to do beer yoga and do all sorts of yoga classes. So it was kind of a give and take kind of thing. And so then sure enough, you know, we connected to them that was a couple of years ago, but we've stayed in touch. And so sure enough, her husband, the meteorologist shared the video of Ave Maria a couple of weeks ago and, Showed it to his producer, and the producer then got a hold of me and said, "We'd love to feature you nice. on the news." So again, like we were talking earlier, like you know, you uh, be one in the community yeah. and help each other out. Like good things happen.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, how did you? How did your? Because you put out a, a Christmas a little Christmas album with what? How many? Like six it's, songs. Yeah, five songs. Five. Okay, you know, just an EP. Yep. How did that? How did?
1: Was has that something you always wanted to do, or <laughs> is that something this year? Like you know, I'm going to do this. Uh, both. Uh, <laughs> the fact that it was this year was like, uh, you know, I'm going to just do this, <laughs> but I've, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, i Maria itself is something I've always wanted to tackle. Uh, cause that was when I was a kid, uh, we would go to my dad's dad's place mm-hmm. and his dad, my dad's dad was, I mean, he, he passed, I think in 91, 92. So, I mean, we, it was a long time ago we'd go there, but, um, Christmas was always going over there. He would have, he had a toy train running around like the, Crown molding of the uh of the family room. Oh, okay, yeah. Which was always really neat. Mm-hmm. And he, he'd worked with um trains before, like okay. in, in the rail yard. And he'd worked GM for years. He was a World War II vet, just like really just like tough, rugged dude that I always thought was fascinating that he'd sit there and weep, listening to Luciano Pavarotti oh, wow! Uh, around Christmas time, Ave Maria being one of the big ones. And um so it was always a song that I wanted to tackle. But playing in bars and restaurants not really the place to sing an operatic song yeah and so and you know even though i had some experience in musical theater in high school i haven't really had the opportunity to do anything remotely close to that um in bars and restaurants by by any means and so i was like well if i'm gonna do it i should do it as like a christmas kind of thing like i was just gonna do the one song and release it right around christmas just as kind of I was, I was in the process of working on my next album, Jake and the Venom. Mm-hmm. And, but I was like, oh, all the stuff I'm writing sounds kind of somber, sounds, sounds a little dark. And I feel like <laughs> getting close to Christmas, people could use uh, something a little more uplifting, a mm-hmm. little more unifying. And I'm like, 2020's had enough <laughs> like darkness. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, maybe I put my music on hold for a little bit, and I'll, and I'll do a Christmas song. And so I started working on Ave Marie, and, and it turned out really well. Uh, the music itself that I was sitting and playing, like the arrangement of the accompaniment behind it, that went so well that I didn't even want to sing it because, like, I'm gonna screw this up big time. It's gonna sound like garbage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but Amanda, my wife, put in context, uh, she was sick for like three or four weeks, mm-hmm. tested negative for COVID, and flew multiple times. But still, I can't afford for what I do for living to be sick ever. Yeah. So, anytime either one of us has the sniffles, I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> like, it just, that's, because I'm like, it's different if we're living in the same space versus actually like breathing that like unconscious air at night mm-hmm. next to each other. So, I was essentially living out of the studio. Uh, and so, when I recorded Ave Maria, I'm like, you know, maybe people would like to hear more than just one song yeah. instead of just a single. And so, I think in a matter of like two days, I recorded the other four songs, oh wow, and because I mean I was just it was one of those weekends that I don't think I was gigging much, and so I just was cooped up in the studio as Amanda was um burning out the uh, bulb on her LED TV with unlimited hallmark movies <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and it was a great way because she was sick, mm-hmm. it was a great way to not have me watch those movies, and so I was <laughs> like, I'll be up in the studio doing my Christmas thing. you can do your Christmas yeah. thing and and yeah, I'm like thanks to her being sick I have a Christmas EP. That's cool, <laughs> like, yeah. You know. And ah. it was just one of those things I'm like I think people could use a little bit of that positivity and just that like the nostalgia, yeah. I think so. Where where can people find that? Uh all the major streaming platforms okay. like iTunes, Apple Music, uh Amazon, I think Prime Music, uh Spotify. And then I now just got a limited print of think 50 copies of the disc uh i just got it delivered yesterday so all all christmas week i will have it available and even a couple days after christmas if people want to come to shows and pick it up um it's it's just donation only like so if people can't donate times are tough i understand so it's free 99 nice um but if people want to donate obviously a lot of people have been throwing money in that tip jar all season, so yeah. like I know who they are, and I'm just gonna be like, you <laughs> can you have go. like five, yeah. <laughs> for each CD player that you probably don't have anymore. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll make sure to put a link in the
0: show notes to that too. Cool. And if you would send me the file, and I'll play it at the end of the podcast. Too oh yeah, I of can do that. Um,
1: whatever one you want. Yeah, uh, you can send it to me. You just play all five of them on top of each other, so it sounds like mud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for
0: coming out uh, in our studio that seems to be getting colder and colder. I so. love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> I'm so sick of the warm furnace air. This is amazing. Yeah. I,
0: and, uh, but yeah, thanks again for coming out. And thanks, you know, always for, for helping me start this podcast. You know, it was, you, were, uh, you gave me this, this uh, sound mixer like probably a year before
1: I even started it. Um, but I appreciate all the help you've given me. So, and now thanks for sharing your your story. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on I saw that you had the milestone of now you've had over 2000 downloads. Yeah. which is pretty fantastic. So, so now my goal is
0: by this time, by by the new year of next year, mm-hmm. in a year's time to get 10,000. So I'm working towards that. We'll and, make sure uh, you get there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Congratulations. All right. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Jake.
0: Thank you. Thanks again to my guest this week, musician Jake Blusky. You can pre- pretty much find his music anywhere you listen to music. Just uh, search his name. This episode is sponsored by him, Real JP Multimedia. For all your audiovisual needs, visit realjp.com, R E E L J P.com. No Lillian today, but instead we will play one of Jake Peluski's songs. So enjoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
2: First Noel, the angels did say, was to search in poor shepherds in fields where they lay, in fields where they lay, lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night. That was so deep Nowhere